Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. All right, Johnny McGonigal. I'm Bob Flounders. That's right. He is Johnny McGonigal. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Johnny, I don't know where you want to start because uh, we we kind of told the fans last week that things were going to change on like an hourly basis during the month of December for Penn State with with the bowl game, with opt outs, with you know recruiting, and it's been probably even crazier than I'm sure you thought. Uh, but it's just been like I guess relentless would be a good way to describe the amount of activity that's happened since last Tuesday. So since you since I was off for a couple of days and you did all the heavy lifting, where would you like to start, Johnny? You know, Bob, you say you said that you know maybe more than I would expect. This is this is kind of what I expected is <laughs> you know the transfer portal opened last Monday for FBS players. You've got a couple of impending NFL decisions that Penn State players had, and we uh, discussed Joey Porter last week. While Parker Washington made his decision, you've got. You know, an early signing period that is we're barreling towards it here, December 21st. And so, you know, that there's a few open spots in that class and James Franklin is going to try to fill them. Uh, And they they added a couple of guys this week. And, you know, right before we were supposed to record this podcast on Tuesday and we're recording a little bit later because they got a guy in. Uh, And so, yeah, it's been a busy time. But so far, it's been, you know, overall, I think a good busy for Penn State, um, you know, in terms of the recruiting end and. Uh, and, and wrapping up that 23 class, looking ahead to 24, losing Parker Washington uh, hurts. So maybe maybe let's start with that and then just kind of work from there. That sounds great. So Parker was a guy that we were wondering. The reason it was, it was never a, a talent issue, right, with him maybe going to the NFL draft. It was, it was a late season injury issue uh, that happened prior to the Rutgers game. I, I'm pretty sure it happened on the practice field a couple of days before the Rutgers game. Uh, we don't know the severity of it, but you hear things. But we thought maybe he might come back just because you don't know how long it's going to take him to get ready to maybe show the NFL teams how healthy he is if it was a significant injury. But uh, late last week, he, he he declared for the draft three-year player at Penn State, productive since his very first game, that Indiana debacle when they lost in overtime, he actually caught a touchdown in that game. But he just a tremendous player, great slot receiver, built like a running back, uh, great hands, great routes, a number one receiver, no doubt, this year. Uh, but Penn State, you know, is going to be a little bit short at wideout for the bowl game. And they're going to be next year, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to need some guys to step up with, with Parker and Mitchell Tinsley uh, not coming back. Yeah, this is one that it hurts. It hurts Penn State, you know, going into 2023 uh, when you've got Drew Aller, uh, heir apparent quarterback, taking over uh, for Sean Clifford. You'd love to have a number one guy guaranteed locked in. Uh, And that's what Parker Washington would have been for Penn State next year. That's what he was for them this year. Uh, Shoot, I mean, he produced like a number one even behind Jahan Dotson last year. 
Uh, you know, in 2020, a, a nine game season, he had six touchdowns uh, and was a, you know, a freshman All American uh, last year, over 800 yards behind Dotson. And, the, you know, this year, it took a little bit for him to get going. And, but once he did, I mean, it was like, okay, this, you know, this is Parker Washington. This is what Penn State has. They've got a tremendously talented, strong handed, you know, just secure secure the ball and go kind of guy. And and they're hard to find. They really are, you know, someone that you can really rely on Uh, that 179 yard performance against Ohio state, 11 catches, you know, opposite, you know, guys like Marvin Harrison jr. That really boosted his stock quite a bit. And then, you know, he, he gets injured and that was the big question was, is he going to come back and just rehab? And, uh, but you know what, he's got plenty of tape out there. And I under, I understood it both ways. I'm sure, you know, Penn state fans do as well. It's, it's a tough one, um, but I think he's going to make an NFL team really happy. You know, we talked to uh, you know Taylor Stubblefield, uh, Penn State wide receivers coach. It ended up being timing wise, looking back on it, the week of you know, within a few days of Parker's injury uh, before the Rutgers game, where you know he wasn't on the travel roster. Uh, but Stubblefield, I asked him about Parker, and he said that look at the next level, you have to be able to run, be able to get open, catch the ball. He does all those things extremely well. Uh, and then when you're a guy with his size, you know, he's five ten. you have to be elite. And he said that his hands are absolutely elite. And, you know, if given the opportunity to play at the next level, he's full confidence in Parker to do that for an NFL team. And that's what he's going to end up doing. You know, it, it hurts Penn State because they don't have him. They don't have Mitchell Tinsley now. And you lose your top two wide receivers going into next season. DeAndre Lambert Smith really becomes the guy that Penn State's going to need something from uh, in this bowl game. You know, Trey Wallace is a guy that I know that Penn State likes. Fortunately for Penn State, as we talk about this, as we I have to make that clear, as we talk about this, Johnny, all three of their tight ends are still uh, around and planning to play in the Rose Bowl. And the way that Penn State uses their tight ends, more often than not, there's going to be at least two of them on the field. All three of them can catch the ball. Theo Johnson, you know, his ability to stretch the field as a 260-pound tight end it's going to help out, I think, in the short term. Brenton Strange is obviously a very good receiver, uh, ability to run after the catch. And even Tyler Warren, I think, has come on in the month of November. There, there's some help there, but they're going to need some wideouts, right? They're going to need Keandre Lambert-Smith, uh, Trey Wallace. There's some other guys, maybe Malik Mega. I know they like some young receivers. Omari Evans is a guy that played a lot of football, a lot of snaps, maybe not a lot of statistics. So I think I think it'll be fascinating to watch these practice sessions play out and see what they can do in the bowl game. The other thing I would I would just throw out there, we could probably talk about it as well, is I think there's absolutely no question that Penn State will address wide out in the transfer portal. I know that they like some receivers and the fan base might want to just keep that in mind. It, it might not just be young guys stepping up in 2023. It might be it might be some guys that have done some things at other schools that could fit in quickly and assimilate quickly maybe for Penn State because they've had some success with Mitchell Tinsley doing some things, and I'm sure they're not done with the wideout position in the transfer portal. Yeah, with regards to the Rose Bowl, I agree with you. Uh, It's almost nice in a sense that Penn State has had a couple of games already without Parker Washington in the starting lineup, and you know they kind of know what they have. Again, if those of all three tight ends end up playing in Pasadena, uh, they've got quite a strong group there, can lean on that, can also – I lean on Keandre Lambert Smith ability after the catch. I, I like what Trey Wallace has shown. You mentioned Amari Evans, a guy, a true freshman who has played quite a bit for this Penn State team. Liam Clifford is another one uh, to keep in mind. But 
Yeah, you have to figure that James Franklin and Stubblefield and these coaches knew uh, what Washington was going to do, uh, given their activity in the portal and how they've been pushing uh, for wide receiver help, uh, veteran experience, uh, wide receiver help. They have not been bashful about the offers that they've been you know, extending to these guys. They're already Penn State is already a finalist for Jimmy Horn Jr. from uh, South, uh, South Florida. Had over 500 yards last year, an electric guy, also a kick returner. Uh, he's announcing his commitment on Christmas, I believe. So keep an eye on that. Yeah, Christmas you know, commitments are just the best. Uh, they're always great. You know, At least he says, hey, I'm going to be committing on Christmas. So we can like pre-write something and have something ready to go in case that ends up happening. But Dante Cephas is one to keep an eye on as well. A Pittsburgh kid from Penn Hills uh, went to Kent State, had over 700 yards uh, last year. Uh, he's a guy that has gotten a lot of offers elsewhere too. It's not like just Penn State is after these guys. It, you know, it's it's you know colleges across the country. Uh, but he's one to keep an eye on, and uh, you know, uh, Caden Prather as well from West Virginia just entered the portal. Someone who Penn State you know was all over in uh, his recruitment. Dante Thornton, who from Oregon, who was previously committed to Penn State. Long winded way of saying, Bob, there are a lot of wide receivers in the portal, and there's a lot of guys that are getting interest from Penn State. A lot of guys that Pitney Lions would love to have. And you want to surround Drew Aller and you know Nick Singleton and Katron Allen, make sure they're not like the only focal points of this offense. You want multiple avenues and, and multiple ways to attack next year and support those young guys as much as possible. Uh, they already have a good base on the offensive line. They've got good running backs. They need to bring in a couple of more experienced receivers. And I think you'll see that over the next couple of weeks. All right, Johnny, let's transition to some recruiting news. And why don't we just start with the most recent bit of news? McDonough School in Maryland has been very good to Penn State over the years. Some really good players have have developed at Penn State from McDonough. They do a great job at preparing uh, players to get to the major college level. Curtis Jacobs, P.J. Mustafer probably at the top of the list of Penn State guys who were standouts, just standouts at McDonough. I know I'm missing a couple, but the reason I bring up McDonough is the most recent recruiting news involves, I believe, a a, a defensive player, Mason Robinson, from McDonough, who was originally, originally, I think, thinking about going to another Big Ten program, but it looks like Penn State has gotten him to flip. What do you think it means? What do you know about him? And what do you think, Johnny? about Penn State's success with the McDonough program. Yeah, there's a couple of names that were on the tip of your tongue, Bob. Devon Ellis and uh, obviously five-star uh, defensive end, Denai Dennis Sutton, who was a signee last year and uh, played a lot of ball for Penn State this year. And those four guys, really productive players uh, from private school down in Maryland. And Penn State gets another one in Mason Robinson, who was previously committed to Northwestern. He committed to Northwestern back in May. Uh, he had interest from Georgia, Oregon, Michigan, uh, a handful of Power Five programs. Ultimately, his top five when he committed were Northwestern, Penn State, Pitt, South Carolina, and Virginia Tech. Uh, was committed to Northwestern for six months, and then Northwestern went one and eleven, and they fired their defensive coordinator and they fired their defensive line coach. And so, you know, Robinson ends up, you know, visiting Penn State over this past weekend decommits from Northwestern on Monday afternoon. And then Monday night hosts James Franklin, John Scott Jr., the defensive line coach for Penn State, and then co-defensive coordinator Anthony Poindexter at his family's home in Maryland. It's like, okay, well, you can kind of see where this one's going, right? And sure enough, 
Now he commits to Penn State, uh, the fourth defensive lineman uh, added to the 2023 class, 21 members overall. But yeah, he's the second one in as many days uh, for this class. You know, John Scott doing some work, uh, bringing in uh, Joseph uh, Mapoye as well, um, a four-star, three-star edge rusher, depending on where you look, uh, committed on Monday as well. I'm glad you pronounced it correctly. I was I was just getting caught up to speed, and I was looking at that name, and I was like, boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead Johnny into this, and hopefully he's he's. I know he wrote a, a couple of stories. Hopefully he's got that pronunciation down. To me, it sounds it sounded great. That that makes sense to me. But yeah, two defensive linemen uh, late adds to uh, what looks like a really really solid class. It's, uh, the the signing day will be you know a week from you know a, a week, I think it's the twenty first, so a week from this coming Wednesday, and they have a lot of talented players, a lot of talented offensive linemen, or at least two in the class. Should be interesting to see if anything else will happen, but. James Franklin said after the Michigan State game that uh, they were going to hit the recruiting trail and they were not done and they had a lot of stuff to do. But managing the roster, you know, managing the player defections to the NFL, working to add players in the transfer portal, trying to keep players from entering the transfer portal and doing recruiting. You know, I saw some, he had some visits in the middle of the country or out west, actually. I think I think that I think he and Yursic visited a four star quarterback prospect, I think, last week. I just want to know, like, it's it is a it's impressive watching a college staff work the month of December now more than ever. Just because I know the regular season must be with with the the practice work and the prep work and and the game work. It, it, it's got to be crazy, but it almost feels like December is as crazy now, Johnny, or it might be crazier. And it's I'm sure it's crazy too for like the GAs and the offensive analysts and those guys who are you know, still in state college. And they're the ones that right now that are really prepping for Utah for the Rose Bowl. They're getting the cutups ready and, you know, they're having everything prepared for when, you know, James Franklin and, and the rest of his staff come back from the recruiting trail and they can really dive into it. Uh, when we talked to James uh, after the Rose Bowl announcement, he was saying that, yeah, there, there are practices going on right now, but they're more developmental, more like spring, spring camp kind of style practices. And, it's not like they're, you know, never in state college now, but they are on the recruiting trail. They're they're trying to not only add to this 2023 class, but they're trying to keep guys from leaving that class too, because you know, there's a lot of talented players uh in this group. And just as Penn State, you know, they flipped Mason Robinson from Northwestern, their school's down south trying to flip uh, you know, their safeties, uh, you know, again from from Penn State. You know, there was a I believe it was Conrad Hussey, uh, four star safety. Uh, making a visit to Florida State recently. Uh, there's, you know, schools across the country are trying to come after everyone's classes. And it's such a, you know, it's such a, just a high wire act at this point. You know, really just difficult trying to balance everything, I'm sure. Uh, but that's what they're getting paid for, right? They're, they're getting paid for all these different things that are going on right now. It's a crazy time in college football. You know, soon enough, they're going to get to practicing and getting to, to look at the Utes. And I feel like that's just, that, that might be like, you know, once you hit the, you know, the signing day period over on this, you know, December 21st, that's kind of when they can, they can kind of let out a, an exhale a little bit. Uh, but you know, the portal is still going to be going on and they're after a lot of guys, not just wide receiver. Uh, they're after an offensive lineman to bring in and provide help there, you know, in the secondary as well. You know, Joey Porter Jr. Going to the NFL, you like what you have at corner, but I think they would love to bring in another one. Yeah, there's just plenty to keep an eye on right now. 
There sure is. Penn State has some success, obviously, with Johnny Dixon in the transfer portal, a South Carolina corner that made an impression in 2021, but made a huge leap in 2022 just as a corner. He was he was more of almost a special teams guy, I think, in his first year. But, you know, that's the other thing I think that Penn State has in its favor as they pursue kids in the transfer portal. They can point to the recent people that they've added and say, look, if you come to Penn State, if we think highly enough of you to come to Penn State, we're going to carve out a role for you and you're going to you're going to have some success. More, the chances are that, you know, you're going to you're going to really be able to improve uh, as a player at this level, at the NFL level. And I, I would imagine James and his coaches are using that uh, as a selling point. Johnny, do you expect between now and the 21st? Not that they would lose anybody, but do you expect them to add uh, some significant talent to the to the uh, 2023 class? You know, stuff. I think they have a spot or two open at this point. You know, Robinson coming in and Mupoye, two big ads for them, and they wanted to strengthen that defensive line room, and I think they did that uh, overall with four guys now in the class there. Or do they bring in a running back? I think that's a position that they might look at. Kevon Lee, we, he said, you know – he tweeted, what, it was it a month ago now at this point with, hey, I'll be back from injury and all that. But he's still a guy that I wouldn't be surprised, you know, again, if, if he entered the portal. And then you're left with you know, two scholarship running backs right now and Nick Singleton and Catron Allen, walk on Tank Smith behind him uh, with Lee being out due to injury. London Montgomery is, uh, you know, from Scranton, four-star uh, recruit uh, in the 2023 class. But he, you know, at the beginning of his season, he missed his entire senior year. Uh, with a torn ACL, and those things can be difficult to come back from. So I think they would still like to add another running back to this class. We'll see if they're able to do that. Uh, Cameron Wallace is a name to watch uh, in that regard. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get, you know, like a five-star ad or anything like this, you know, at this point, maybe in February, because even though this is essentially the, the you know, recruiting deadline, not the recruiting deadline, but this is essentially signing day now. It's the early signing period, but James Frankel and every other coach in college football will tell you this is the, the essentially the, the really signing day now, but they can still, you know, guys can still go ahead and sign in February too. So there's still time. Uh, and as the portal churns and as you maybe lose a couple guys or gain a couple guys, it, you know, your, your roster math, you have to do that. Like as a coach, it's tough to keep up with, but you have to stay at that 85 limit. And so really, as that kind of churns through and, and roster attrition naturally happens, uh, I think then you'll have a clearer picture to see, hey, can I bring in another 2023 prospect in the you know, in February? So we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm thinking another another guy, maybe two uh, before this before the 21st, uh, but nothing crazy. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. The blue-white breakdown, Johnny McGonigal, Bob Flounders. Johnny, you mentioned a couple of Penn State's freshmen that made an impact, some bigger than others. The running backs, obviously, Nick Singleton. Katron Allen, Deny Dennis Sutton is a player that you just know, you know, with some winter conditioning work done, maybe, you know, he could have a, just a gigantic 2023 as an edge rusher. Drew Shelton kind of had to come of age uh, in the month of November with Olu Fashano out as a true freshman, played left tackle, could be headed to right tackle now that Olu's coming back. We don't know. 
Uh, and, we, you know, Abdul Carter, obviously, a true freshman that uh, certainly didn't play like a true freshman. But my, I guess my question to you is, because I know you had a vote for uh, national uh, all-freshman teams, is when you look at the impact that Penn State's true freshmen made in 2022, the freshmen that Penn State had this year, a bunch of them I know got, uh, I, I know they got some recognition and deservedly so, but that... I can't. I don't. I don't ever remember having that many freshmen impact a season at Penn State, and it might be a product of the times, Johnny. But it also might just be a product of just how talented that class was. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both those things. What you mentioned, the product of the times, and also the talent. Uh, last year, there were only what a, a couple, two or three, yeah, fr- freshmen who burned their red shirts and played. And this year, you've you've got half the class that burned their red shirts and, and played. You, know, you talk about Drew Shelton. Uh, at left tackle, getting him that kind of experience. It's nice to have Olu Fashioner coming back now, but to have Shelton have that experience moving forward, not just for 2023, but 2024, I think that's huge. Abdul Carter is a freak. I, I was, I was uh, you know, not surprised at all to see all these you know, freshman All-American teams come out, uh, a bunch of different outlets coming out with them and seeing Abdul Carter on there, as well as Nick Singleton. And then you could also toss in Katron Allen if you wanted to. Like These, these freshman All-American teams, could have had just Penn State's two running backs as their freshman, you know, because normally the running backs and three wideouts. Catron Allen has had an incredible season. He's he has really surpassed my expectations. I, I knowing you know and seeing the, the film and, and talking to people, you got the sense that Singleton was going to break out and be that kind of home run hitter and be that kind of talent even that early for Penn State. You got the sense that he was going to be that good. But Catron Allen, the way that he put on weight and put on good weight and just looked like a veteran out there. Uh, we talked about it so much about his patience, but about his power too. to see that so early in a career, uh, you know, for multiple guys in this class, you know, it gives you hope as a Penn State fan, you know, moving forward that, hey, they, they just hit on these guys in the 22 class. Let's look at what they have in the 23 class and see, hey, are, are these some of the, these guys able to come in and make similar impacts and uh, and develop that quickly. Uh, and you tip your cap to Penn State's uh, staff as well, guys that will be you know, sought after not just this offseason, but in future offseasons as you know, you know, head coaching jobs and other jobs elsewhere. But you tip your cap to everyone in that in that you know, program, in that building uh, for what they were able to do with this freshman class. Yeah, and I should, I, you know, I, I don't want to leave anybody out. Zane Durant, I think, even though the numbers might, might not uh, – Look that spectacular uh, at the end of the season for him to be able to to play as a as a true freshman defensive tackle. That's and to play to play well. I mean, they're never going to have huge stats, right? Unless you know, unless they're you know Aaron Donald. But I mean, he he had a great first year. I know they like Cam Miller, the corner, um, and I, I'm sure moving forward, that's another guy. I think Penn State's going to be awfully excited they just have a lot of freshmen i think omari evans you know he could be a guy in the bowl game that it might not be the volume of catches but he he is he is a potential big play threat uh, anytime he's on the field there's so many freshmen that i think are poised to play even bigger roles in 2023 kudos to james and his staff and the development uh johnny let me just close with this as we sit here right now who which program has been hit harder by NFL draft declarations. Is it Penn State with Parker Washington and Joey Porter? Or is it the Utah Utes who are going to be without two extremely talented players for this Rose Bowl game? Two two of the very best players at their positions in the country. 
I think it's Utah because these are two guys that I put on my first team uh, AP All-American ballot. Dalton Kincaid, the tight end, ended up being a third team All-American for the AP. And then Clark Phillips, uh, who was a first team corner. These are two guys that are just so integral to Utah's success and to them winning the Pac-12 this year. Uh, You look at Kincaid and his performance against USC, uh, 16 catches, 234 yards in October, uh, that upset at Utah. And Phillips was just so consistent this year, was targeted a bunch, and I believe he had it was three or six interceptions. I always get mixed up because I had him and uh, and Devin Witherspoon, the Illinois corner, on my AP All American team as well. So, but those two guys were were really good uh, this year. It was tough to tough to leave. Uh, you know, Kalen King, who I had second team All American, not uh, Joey Porter, but you know, Joey Porter had a great season. Anyway, we're getting off track. Utah losing two of their big players. That really hurts, you know, Kyle Whittingham and and their pursuit of winning the Rose Bowl. Penn State, meanwhile, you know, they they played a couple of games without Joey Porter. They've played a couple of games without Parker Washington. Uh, they know what they have and they're confident in that depth. And we'll see what kind of depth Utah has. I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't delved into their second and three deep uh, tight end situation, uh, but I do know that Dalton Kincaid had seventy catches over eight hundred yards uh, for for that offense and was a you know, security blanket for Cam Rising. So it's going to be tough for them to overcome. Yeah, even without even without these the, these four terrific players, and it's four for now. It could be more. I think this could be the best bowl game. I re, I really do, and I'm talking about the playoffs. Just really well coached, well developed teams. Two teams that you know play hard for four quarters. Two teams that are deep. Two teams that are resilient. Um, you you look at what uh, Utah did with USC last year. They're not afraid of anyone in the Big Ten. So I just think it's it has a chance to be a really uh, really special game, and uh, Penn State's going to need some 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 players to step up, but Utah is too. That's what the Rose Bowl's all uh, is kind of all about. It's not only it's not only one of the best games this year. It's a springboard for next year, Johnny. I hope you get some sleep this week after the last couple of days between your Eagles, the World Cup, football. See, I'm not even calling it soccer anymore. You guys have trained me right. Player defections, player additions, a potential Christmas Day commit. I mean. I don't know if that's considered coal in your stocking or it's actually a nice present, but I think it, it's something that maybe you could probably do without. But it's been a hectic December for Penn State. It's been a hectic December for you. And we will have more on Penn State from Media Day, which is supposed to be later this week. Hopefully we'll get to hear from some players at James Franklin. And then don't forget Penn State fans, a lot coming uh, next week, middle of next week with the early signing day. But Johnny, catch your breath. Who knows what's coming next? I know you're ready for it, though. Absolutely. Yeah, no, a lot coming. A lot already happened. A lot coming, uh, you know, from media day to you know, signing day to eventually flying out to L.A. and and hanging with you and Joe. It's going to be uh, we're going to have a lot of coverage out there. It's going to be great and uh, really looking forward to it. All right, Penn State fans, we'll be back next week with even more information on these Nittany Lions. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>